Faith has been the word for the year. And we're talking about it continually over and over. Faith, we've defined it as complete trust in someone or something. That's the definition. And we've talked about several things over the course of the last month. We've talked about looking through the eyes of faith. Because we don't go by what we see in the natural. We go by what we see that God sees. We've talked about hearing through the ears of faith. Not hearing what people are saying, but hearing what God says about a situation or a person. We talked about speaking through the mouth of faith. Because as you declare it, you will see it come to pass. Our declaration has to align with what God sees and what God says. And last week, we talked about walking in faith. The lepers, when they came to Jesus and said, heal us, Jesus looks at them with compassion and says, go show yourself to the priest. And what happens? The Bible says that as they went, they were healed. Now catch that. They weren't healed instantaneously in front of Jesus. Jesus told them, go, and as they obeyed and they began to walk, they received their healing. And today, I want to talk about waiting in faith. Talked about walking. We're going to talk about waiting in faith. And I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. I mean, does anybody in here enjoy waiting? Right? Like, think about it for a second. You're going to go somewhere, right? You're going to go to, to Disney, or you're going to go to Universal, or you're going to go to the air, or wherever you're going. It's like, what are you looking forward to the most? I am looking forward to the line. I'm looking forward to wait. No. As a matter of fact, it's like, how can, how can I get there the quickest? And what can I do to not have to wait? And what, what is the easy, like, what do we got to do? We don't like waiting. Now, I want to say a statement this morning. Whether you are walking in faith or waiting in faith, obedience is key. Whether you are walking in faith or waiting in faith, obedience is key. And I want to talk about that for a minute or two because many times we don't receive what God has for us for lack of obedience. Come on, parents. If your child does not do what you ask of them to do, do you give them even what you had promised? No. See, if you give them what you had said you were going to give them, even though they were being disobedient... You don't teach them anything, number one. And number two, you create spoiled children. We give consequences. We don't just do it. And so you and I have to learn to obey God. If God said go, then we go. And if God says stay, then we stay. Whatever it is that we're doing, we have got to obey him. Obey him. Now, I said, I said it, we don't like waiting. We don't enjoy it. And what happens is many times desperation sets in. Have you ever been desperate while waiting for something? Watch, I, I, I want us to read this passage of scripture for a minute. Psalm chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40, verse number one says this. I waited patiently. Say patiently. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. I waited patiently. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come natural. But you and I need to wait patiently. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down this morning. As we wait, we must fight desperation. As we wait, 
we must fight off desperation. We were in line for something a couple weeks back for Alexander's birthday. We had gone to, to, to Epcot and they wanted to meet Elsa and Anna. And we got in line for Elsa and Anna. And as we were in line for about 10 minutes, uh, the line hadn't moved, not even like an inch, like no, nobody had gone through. And, and all of a sudden, somebody comes out, one of the attendants, and they're, you know, they're like, hey, we, we, it's going to take a few minutes. It's going to maybe take 10, maybe 15. We're not exactly sure. We're, you know, we're, and, and you know what happened? A couple of people there started getting antsy, and a couple of people started getting upset. And there was a couple of dads in there, because it was more of the dads, you know, we're, we're, we're a little more desperate sometimes. And they were like, that's it. Let's get out of line. Let's go somewhere else. And can I tell you, not even four or five minutes passed, and all these people walked out of the line, and they opened the doors again, and boom, desperation made them leave. Desperation made them miss out. And many times, you and I, we get desperate, and we make bad decisions when we get desperate. Can I show you one in the Bible? God promised Abraham a son. And 10 years went by and the son hadn't arrived, so Abraham and Sarah got desperate and thought if they helped God, then they'd have the blessing. And what happened? Ishmael happened. And God said, that's not the blessing. You and I cannot get to a point of desperation where we then walk out of the will of God in our lives. David is the one who wrote this verse. And can I tell you, David was an amazing king, amazing warrior. The Bible says a man after God's own heart with many flaws, just like every single one of us. But one thing we do learn about David was that he didn't act out of desperation. See, as a matter of fact, David was anointed king roughly 20 years before he became king. Catch that for a second. He was anointed king roughly 20 years or so. He was anointed king after Saul got tired of waiting for what the prophet had said, and he offered the sacrifice himself. He became or was anointed king when Saul disobeyed God and lost the anointing. However, Saul ruled another 20 years or so without the anointing. See, David didn't become king the day he was anointed. He had to wait. And now why can I say, he read this there, he, or, or he wrote that, I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard my cry. Well, do you know that David multiple times was tried to be killed by Saul? Saul tried to kill him a few times. And not only was Saul trying to kill David, but David had multiple opportunities to kill Saul, but he didn't. David had opportunities, or was one of them specifically, where David and his men are hiding in a cave. And Saul comes into the cave to use the bathroom. The Bible says he went in to relieve himself. And David saw him, and David's men said, look, the Lord has delivered him into your hands. But David knew that you weren't supposed to touch the Lord's anointed. So even though David could have he chose to not act out of desperation. He wasn't like, all right, Lord, you anointed me. I already killed Goliath. I've killed the 10,000s. I've done the this. I've done the other. When's my turn? That's it. Saul's here. Let me do it. He didn't take it into his hands and act in desperation. He waited on God. And what took place? Saul leaves and David goes after him and calls him and says, yo, Saul, 
I had you dead to rights, but I didn't do it. Some time passes, and again, Saul is right before David. David and one of his men go into the camp, and they're right next to Saul. And David's man, his, his uh, uh, not bodyguard, but his armor bearer, the guy that's with him, he looks at him and says, hey, one spear. I mean, I will put the spear right through him and end this today, and you become king. And David said, nope, that's not how I'm going to get promoted. I'm not going to act out of desperation. And you and I need to get to this place where we fight off desperation and we say, I think I want to do it on my own way, but God, I'm going to wait on you and I'm going to wait for you to do the work. It's why David's kingdom that gets established. It's why then through David, we actually even see where Jesus is the one that comes through his lineage. Because he didn't act in that desperation. He didn't take it into his own hands. And you and I, we have to learn how to wait in God, wait on God, and fight off desperation. I want you to read these two verses with me. The first one's in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse number 49 says this, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This is Jesus talking to the disciples after the Great Commission, but before the Holy Spirit has descended upon them. And he says to them, I've given you a promise. Wait here for it. Right? Is that what it says? Stay in the city until you get it. Look at Acts chapter 1. He says it again in Acts chapter 1, verse number 4. He says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus told the disciples, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples. However, right now I need you to wait. So I asked the question, what do we do when we wait? How do we wait in faith? What are the things that we're supposed to be doing in order to be able to have this? Look at what it says and continues in verse number 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. If you're taking notes, write this down. As we wait in faith, spend time with God. As we wait in faith, spend time with God. Jesus had given them the Great Commission, but after they were given the Great Commission, they were told, now wait here in the city to receive the promise. It's going to come in a few days. They didn't know if it was one day, two day, three day, four day. It ended up being 10 days, but they were just told, wait here. Do you know that Saul, one of the things in his disobedience was that the prophet told him, wait seven days till I get back. But as soon as it was the seventh day, Saul said, he's not here yet, I'm going to do it. Guess what? The prophet got there in the seventh day, just a little later in the day. 
And Saul lost it because he got desperate. They spent time with God. It's what they were doing. They were praying in one accord. They were together. What do we do to spend time with God? Church, we pray. We read scripture. We fast. We worship. Those are things that we do in spending time with God. And as we are waiting, we need to be spending time with him together. Look what he continues to say there. They said that they were doing what? They were in one accord. If you're writing down, jot it down this way. As we wait in faith, come into agreement with others. Come into agreement with others. Now, I want you to notice something. They weren't going around the wilderness or around the city finding people. This was their tribe. This was their group of people. And they all went into the upper room together in one accord, praying and spending time with God. You and I are not meant to fight alone. You and I are not meant to do life alone. We need people that we can come in agreement with to pray, to fast, to stand together. But it needs to people who are like-minded. People who are going to be in the, of the same faith, believing the same way. I can't agree with the person and say, hey, I want you to pray with me on this, on someone that doesn't believe that God is going to move or do what he promised. Who are we agreeing with? Who are we doing it with? We need to be together. We need to be in one accord. You're not meant to do it alone. I can't tell you how many times over the course of ministry and life as a believer, I've heard people after they went through a disastrous situation and they're gone and, and it's like, hey, why? Why didn't you reach out? Why were you doing this alone? And they'll say something like, I didn't want to be a bother. Can I tell you something? We're not a bother to each other. We're a body. You know what happens when one part of the body hurts? The other parts of the body hurt. I remember many years ago, my grandmother had a, a, a surgery, and uh, she had a really, really bad knee, and she had surgery on it. And what happened? As soon as the surgery was done, she realized her other leg was now in massive pain, because what happened? All the years of compensating ruined the other side. And can I tell you, you and I are not meant to just compensate for each other. We're meant to work together, pray together, fast together, cry together, celebrate together, rejoice together, do it together in one accord, like-minded. As we wait, we spend time with him. As we wait, we come into agreement together in one accord. And then if you continue reading it, watch, look at what happens here. They're praying, they're spending time together, and then Peter, he stands up and tells everybody, do you realize that Jesus commissioned 12 of us and one of us ain't no more? What happened? Judas, one of the 12, the one that betrayed Jesus, and then went and hung himself. Now what is Peter saying? Hey, we're waiting for the promise, but we got an empty spot and we need to fill it. As a matter of fact, he says here in verse number 21 of chapter 1 of Acts, So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day that he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to the resurrection. They named two guys in verse number uh, 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 20, 
6, it says they cast lots on them and the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. What is it that Peter did and the rest of the disciples as they were waiting, as they were praying, as they were in one accord, you know what they did? They worked to advance the kingdom. They worked to advance the kingdom. And if you're writing it down, jot it down that way. As we wait, advance the kingdom. What can you and I do to propel the kingdom as we're waiting for the promise from God? What can we do? I mean, have you ever, I, 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 we, we, we were at Disney and we were in line and I'm a people watcher. Anybody here a people watcher? Okay. I, sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's not the best thing, right? Because, you know, you, you, you start making ideas in your head. What's this person thinking? What, whatever. So I, I, I'm people watching in line. And as I'm looking around, I'm noticing something. There's a whole lot of people in line and they are together in line, but they're not together in line. They're in line together rather than together in line. What do you see? You see families, husband, wife, three kids, two kids, whatever. Everybody's on a device just doing stuff. Everybody's just having their, everybody's separated. They're disjointed. They're together, but they're not together. And they're there. That's what goes, ties in. We have to be together, one accord. But then what are you doing to advance it? So what do we, 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 we plan stuff. We take stuff with our kids to do in line. Like we'll, we'll get the, the thing and we'll do like the, the charades games and we'll, we'll start playing charades and we'll take turns and we're doing all these things. And before you know it, we're at the front of the line because as we waited for the line to move, we were advancing. And you and I, we have to ask God, what can I do to advance the kingdom as I wait for this miracle? As I wait for your hand, as I wait for this outpour, as I wait to see this revival, as I wait to see this healing, as I wait to receive it, what can I do to advance the kingdom? It takes the focus off of me and puts the focus on him and what he wants done. And church, when we change the focus from me to him, things will move. You know, there's an old saying that says a watch pot never boils. Anybody ever heard that saying before? In other words, what is that saying or that idiom? What is it trying to express? The longer you're just staring at it, the longer it feels like it's going to take. And what happens when you and I just sit there? Lord, when's it going to happen? Lord, when's it going to happen? I don't understand. And we start just focusing. Then we're like, it's just taking forever. Is it thing? Oh, oh, we're, when's it going to be? No, no. Jesus just told them, wait. And as they were waiting in one accord, praying, advancing the kingdom, what happened? The Holy Spirit came, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, on a day like today, day of Pentecost, 50 days after Easter. And what happened when the day of Pentecost came and all of those men and women in the upper room received the Holy Spirit? They were ready to go. You know what's something that frustrates me? Watch. Hey, man, I'm on my way. I'm going to pick you up in 15 minutes. And you get there, and that's when they go to start getting dressed. Did that happen to anybody? Right? It's like, all right, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're leaving on this thing. I already gassed the car. As soon as we're, and then you get there, it's like, oh, wait, hold on. I got clothes to put in the dryer. It's like, you know, we were going out of town for a week. Why didn't you wash it? Right? Like, why weren't we ready? And what happens? Many times we're waiting, but we're not ready just to go once we receive it. So what do we need to do when we are waiting when the waiting is up, it's time to go. When the waiting is up and you receive it, we've got to be ready to go. 
That's why we're together. That's why we're praying. That's why we're fasting. That's why we're working at advancing the kingdom to be able to move when it goes. The disciples, as soon as they received the Holy Spirit, they went out and thousands came to Jesus. They weren't in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came and then they looked and said, okay, now let's find the 12. No, no, no. They already had found the 12. They weren't in the upper room, received the Holy Spirit and be like, okay, so now what do we do? No, no, no. They already knew the Great Commission. They already knew what it was. And Jesus had said, wait, and when you get it, go. And as soon as they got it, they were ready to go. Church, wait. And as you wait, get ready. Prepare. Pray fast. Spend time with God. Spend time with others. Pray with each other. Encourage each other. Help each other so that when the promises arise, you're ready to go. You're ready to run. You're ready to move. Don't wait. Don't wait. Wait on the Lord. Advancing the kingdom. Moving the ball forward. Because the promise is coming. The promise is coming. So the question is, God, what can I do? What can I do in my season of waiting? What can I focus on? Who can I be praying for? See, sometimes I'm in a season of waiting. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I'm, we're waiting for the Lord to open a door for 3W, right? For, for a better space, for all these different things. Can I tell you, as I wait, we're always prepping. How are we going to do things so that we're ready to jump into it? What can we start doing? Where can we sow seed? Who can I pray with that's in the same situation? That I, I, and I'll call, I have friends that are in the same thing, and I'll call them, hey, Pastor so-and-so, believing in faith for your building, believing for God to open the door. And I was like, oh, but shouldn't you spend time praying for your... No, no, we're ready to run into it when God opens the door. But in the meantime, I'm encouraging others as they encourage me. We are doing something to advance the kingdom. You know what happens where we're not ready? A lot of us, we're used to saying things like, Oh, when I am this, then I will. Right? Oh, no, no. I, I can't tithe now. When I make more money, then I'll become a tither. Dude, if you can't give 10 cents on a dollar, you won't give 1,000 on, on 10 grand. Just won't. Oh, when I am ready, when I feel good, then I will serve God. Hold on a second. From your home, you can be praying and interceding for people. Recently, at, at, at the school where my wife is one of the principals, they did a war room, a time of prayer. And we have a, a family here at the church that was part of it. And, and they, were, they were helping with it, the husband and the wife. And the wife had gone over to the school to get everything started. And, and there were so many kids coming for prayer that she was never able to drive back home and pick up her husband who was also going to be there. So you know what? He didn't sit at the house like, oh, man, I can't be there. You know what they did? Every time a kid would come in and ask for prayer, she would send a text message. This is what we're praying for. And in his house, he was interceding for the kid. We could look at it and say, oh, I missed out. I didn't get to be there. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Let me be there. Even though I wasn't physically there. Because we're walking in faith. And we're waiting in faith. God, you're going to do it. And I'm ready to run when you say go. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to spring forth. Why? Because in the waiting, we were preparing. In the waiting, we were spending time with him. In the waiting, we were in one accord with people. In the waiting, we were preparing so that when the promise came, we were ready to go. Worship team, as you come to the altar, what is God asking you to do in your waiting season? What can you and I do today as we prepare for what God is going to do tomorrow? What can you and I do? How do we prepare are we spending time with him? Are we praying? 
Are we fasting? Are we giving of ourselves to him? As the song said a minute ago, I give myself away that you can use me. I take the me out. I take out the, this is what I want because this is what I need. No, no, no. God, however it's going, I know you're going to use me. And when you say go, I'm going to go. But if you say stay, I'm going to stay. Obedience is key. Watch, look back at Psalm chapter 40. David writes there in Psalm chapter 40. He says, he starts it off by saying, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to hear her my cry. But then as he continues, he says in verse number six, in sacrifice and offering, you've not delighted, but you've given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering, you've not required. Then I said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart. David didn't get desperate. He waited in God and said, I'm just going to obey. You and I, we can't get desperate. We need to say obey. You and I need to get into that prayer room. You and I need to find people that will stand in agreement with us. And it's not just anybody. It's the people that are going to be in faith together to be able to be ready that when we receive it, we can go and get to the promise. Because if God promised it, let me tell you, church, it's coming. It may take a week. It may take a year. It may take 20. But will you and I wait patiently and in faith to walk into the promise? I want us to stand to our feet this morning. And as we begin to worship, that's what I want us to do. Ask God this. God, what do I need to do as I wait? God, who do I need to be in accord with? Who do I need to be doing this, praying with, standing with? And tell him, as you tell me, God, I'll obey in Jesus' name.